Welcome to episode 40 of the Handsome Hockey Podcast. We are now over the hill. We have got a gas-powered leaf blower, and we use it every day. Regardless of the amount of leaves on the ground. Mm -hmm. Mostly it's just to annoy children as they pass by. Exactly. I am Jake. uh, With me, as always, is... Evan. Ah, that's... You're you're screwing it up. Evan. I don't like it. (laughs) I gotta mess with you somehow. This is I know this is all just a fuck with my head. We have a lot to cover today. So and much. Unfortunately and fortunately, it's all hockey. As much as we love doing the episodes where we dive deep on the like cultural issues with the hockey world, we're okay not covering the Chicago Blackhawks sexual assault case for one week. I mean, we we do take a sharp turn into sexual misconduct here. Yeah, Are you at forgetting one, that part? At one point, yes. <laughs> okay. However, and it, won't that, be, it won't be a huge focus of this it episode. It won't be Chicago related, which is nice, unless he's drafted by them. And oh, oof. Uh, that would be a big oof. Just yeah. turn oof to the maximum if yeah. that happens. These episodes are fun because we just get to make jokes. And <laughs> it's very difficult to have a tasteful joke in the discussion in a discussion of sexual assault mm-hmm. um to the point where i'm afraid of even trying and <laughs> stan bowman just says i know why you want to hate me yeah <laughs> i'm just gonna double down uh, oh god i i don't know if i would be able to contain my my vulgarities next week <laughs> if if that happens that sounds like a recipe for success really <laughs> Yeah, our listeners might enjoy this, but uh, but we would not. We would not. So we're gonna dive right in today. At some quick hitters from the last week. The Stanley Cup had some uh, had some damage. It took a quick hit. Probably Curtis. It- yes. Oh, the Bolts did a good job partying and dented the cup. If you had to guess which player dented it, which one would you say? Totally Tyler Johnson. I'm going with Pat Maroon, for sure. I I know, yeah. All the pictures of the dented cup are being held by Pat Maroon. And then previously, there's video of him taking it on a jet ski. And I was like, there it is. I think he came out and said, like, I dented the cup. (laughs) Although I think he was like, we weren't even doing anything dumb with it. Like, I was holding it and slipped on something. (laughs) The best part about this is... It has to go to Montreal to get fixed. That's epically hilarious. The just beautiful chef's kiss irony Mm -hmm. in the fact that it has to go. It's finally going to Montreal. Something that Tampa has been doing with the cup that is pretty cool is giving some time with it to players from last year's cup winning team because they weren't able to during COVID. But now that the cup has been injured, I imagine that like... They send like a Mounties like SEAL Team 6 extraction team to rescue the cup. The Senators hired Pierre Maguire to be <laughs> head of player. I can't Is even he- I can't even get the whole sentence out without saying why. <laughs> well, it- I'll tell you why, Doc. It's because uh, this guy here when we was on the Saginaw Sting and he had his third breakfast with the team. I saw him take three sausage links and Ted at two. And, uh, you know, I knew right then he was going to be a good player, Doc. That's how you know he's a go-getter. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Pierre Maguire sucks. 
and we're thrilled that he is no longer going to be broadcasting hockey. Um, the thing about this is like there were there was starting to be good vibes around the Senators. They have a huge prospect pool. Pierre Dorian is a pretty solid GM and so, like somehow manages to field a team and build a team despite having the worst owner in North American sports. Right. And the vibe around this was uh, he didn't know about this until I found out in the news. And this was 100% a Eugene Melnick thing. I'm willing to sort of give Pierre a chance because he's been the first person to say like i haven't been employed by a team in 20 years you know I- i'm gonna kind of go in with my eyes open and maybe his you know encyclopedic knowledge will be helpful in some respects i mean i'm hearing that he's gonna be a bit of a pr person as well as this player development talking head so i think maybe it ends up being a little bit more of a hybrid role there was a lot of talk that he was going to be engaged in many decisions within the team not just player development and that is terrifying yeah i mean some people are like uh did he just hire dorian's replacement we need to strike a trade guys okay well what do you what do you have in mind we really need to bring in tj oshi because <laughs> he's from war road and <laughs> that's really important you know, uh, he could bring in worse players. Uh, TJ Oshie actually isn't from War Road. I think I'm the one who thinks he's from War Road and he's actually from Washington somewhere. Yeah, I was um, going to say. But uh, <laughs> like, every time he brings up War Road, I'm just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I mean, I like, you know, every time Pierre is the man in the box, go, takes you on a, a verbal geographical tour of backwater canada but yeah like you just love like these like celestial navigations through like (laughs) tiny town alberta where uh you know he knows four people who dined at the fourth stool of this bed and breakfast (laughs) in the 1970s and they all were named jack and they all played in the nhl it's like (laughs) shut the fuck up (sighs) so sad for the senators Happy for my eardrums. Pecorine announced his retirement from the NHL. Uh, he's 19th all-time in wins. Won a Vesna, Made a Stanley Cup final. Probably not an, a Hall of Famer. In borderline. It's going to be... I mean, the Hall of Fame has kind of a hard time with respect to goalies. Yes. Because goaltending has changed in many ways. And so, I don't know, I kind of think he deserves to get in, but maybe not on the first ballot. Um, if Chris Osgood can't be in, Pecorino can't be in. And you're right. I mean, that's going to piss off a lot of people. Pecorino never won a cup. Right. He came close-ish a couple times. Uh, he made a finals, I know. Did they mm-hmm. make two? I think just one. Yeah, I think it was just one as well. Uh, he terrorized the Blackhawks and backstop that team to you know probably its best stretch in terms of relevant years that it's had as a franchise so i hope he gets into the hall i think is kind of deserved but yeah i think you have a point in that it's probably not super likely it is great to see pekka you know go out though like he's had an outstanding career and he's in like the nashville legend uh, hopefully he stays around in the community and is able to kind of lead like community efforts for the team and mm-hmm. have a role there within the team and, and never pay for a meal ever yeah <laughs> if if pecorine leaves a restaurant with a tab 
What the hell is your problem, Nashville? It is always eternally funny that, you know, high paid athletes get more free meals from the good graciousness of people's hearts than like the homeless do in many yeah. respects. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's let's feed this millionaire. I know. <laughs> Elon Musk looks hungry. <laughs> Miro Heiskanen re-signed or signed a new deal with Dallas. It's it's a doozy. A uh, big old deal. Eight years at 8.45 mil per. Damn. Uh, I mean, it's hard to disagree with the deal, to be honest. Like, he's a very good defenseman. Mm -hmm. He's super young. You're locking him in at that price for his prime. I'm a big fan of the kind of recent move in, you know, giving big contracts to your 23-year-olds or whatever after they come off their their entry-level deal mm -hmm. because then you're locking them up for their prime. And when they're 31, they can go somewhere else. And like, is eight years a lot of term? Yeah, sure. But if that's what you have to do. And he's probably worth about $8 million. I mean, especially given the kind of free agent defense situation now, you know, a lot worse players are going to be making that because defensemen are, uh, they're rare. You know, good defensemen are rare. And Miro Heiskanen's shown that he can play at a very, very high level at times. So, yeah, big contract. Hopefully he plays up to it. One kind of assumes he will, barring injury. He's shown relative consistency. But hopefully he hits the ceiling and that becomes kind of a budget deal for them. That would be kind of cool. He's making less money than Alex Petrangelo and is nine years younger. So, like, mm. I think it's a, fairly solid deal considering the market i, I don't think dallas is going to have a hard time selling that contract florida we're a big fan of anthony declare the dude yeah we kind of followed him as he didn't get qualifying offer from ottawa last year signed mm -hmm. a one-year show me deal with florida had a hard year with some injuries looked great at times uh, but looked good yeah and so we're thrilled that he's got a three-year deal with florida three million a year that is not anything to sneeze at and you yeah. know, he's young enough that his next deal could if he plays up to what i think is a very high potential he could he could really make a decent amount of money in his next deal too yeah his problem is really just staying healthy i s deliberately skipped over this in our quick hitters notes mm -hmm. uh, because i wanted to talk about it last the portland winterhawks uh our beloved portland winterhawks mm -hmm who not notoriously but famously have used the Chicago Blackhawks logo for the last like 40-ish years or 50-ish years, put out their own branding, their own new logo earlier this week, and it's awesome. It's a bird. It's a bird? Yeah. Bird is the word. Considering there is no Winterhawk tribe, <laughs> as far as I know. It is an angry bird. You can throw it at other birds to <laughs> destroy pigs. It looks great. It's got Mount Hood in the like the kind of like chest tuft of the bird. Mm -hmm. It's got kind of it's got a couple of feathers in it as an homage to the previous logo. I'm hoping that they go with a stitched on logo like they had because that would give the jersey kind of a consistent feel. And they've kept the jerseys relatively the same. Anyway, but yeah, it's good that that you know we have one less indigenous logo in the league or in hockey and uh it's good for them to go out and get a fresh design a new start and i'm glad to see this and this definitely puts chicago on notice as the last major native american logo remaining in hockey and most of pro sports at this point 
one kind of cynical thought is maybe now that they're caught up in this sexual harassment scandal, they could change the logo just to deflect from that. Yeah, I do appreciate that the Black or the Winterhawks, instead of, you know, just throwing something together, they went out and hired relatively famous people. Mm -hmm. Um, Brian Gundell did the artwork for the new logo. Really cool that they that they did this. It's needed to happen for a long time. Mm -hmm. Their attempts to have like quasi different logos in the past were really atrocious. <laughs> so I'm really glad that this one came out and is awesome. Yeah, it it's super cool. We're proud of our local WHL franchise and are excited to be able to actually go see some games this year and mm -hmm. you know and watch the watch the Winterhawks in their you know, final advanced form. It's like. <laughs> the mechazord yeah, coming Ch together charizard <laughs> with that there's some big to do's coming up this week in mm -hmm. the nhl we figured we were just gonna stuff it all into one happy little package which is like what i call my order from panda express <laughs> one happy little package please <laughs> one happy little package please yeah there's a lot going on this week so we get on wednesday we get the expansion draft before that we've just entered into a freeze on all of the other transactions in the league uh, while Seattle is kind of deciding and what 1 p.m. Eastern on Thursday that freeze stops and after the expansion draft then teams can start dealing with the fallout is that and then the draft starts <laughs> oh yeah and then we have the draft draft the amateur draft like now you have to specify what draft is what this year for the last time until we have another time oh god I hope not I think we're good we're good at 32 uh, it's a nice it's a nice round number. Yeah, there have been some crazy moves made in the last week or so, especially as, in the last like 48 hours. Yeah, as teams try and get something for players that they might lose in the expansion draft, mm -hmm. they have kind of just been able to ship some contracts, get some draft picks or get other players in response. Uh, I think maybe the most surprising on like uh wow this is really stupid kind of way <laughs> is the chicago blackhawks traded duncan keith to edmonton for caleb jones and a third round pick which can become a second round pick technically with a bunch of modifiers that won't ever happen <laughs> yes that would require edmonton to do something in the playoffs go to the third round of the playoffs and then duncan keith has to play like your fourth most minutes yeah which you know, technically possible, highly improbable. Yes. Uh, this is an amazing trade for the Blackhawks. Like, yeah. uh, Duncan Keith was definitely in the decline this year and is getting paid five and a half million dollars. You know, sad to see him go, but happy that he's going to be closer to his son and he's going to a place where he obviously will be valued. Um, you know, it's a, it's a bittersweet well, goodbye. Well, at least by Ken Holland. <laughs> Ken Holland's press conference or like Q&A after this happened was Amazing. the most prickly uh, like get off my lawn <laughs> yeah. moment I've seen in the NHL and in a in a sport full of prickly get off my lawn moments. This was the worst. Was that the online Q&A where he they like yeah. had to like cut out comments because people were just roasting him so hard? Well, there was like they, they asked him like what it what do you think about what you gave up to get Duncan Keith? And he was like, well, I couldn't get him for free. Could I? <laughs> and like, well, actually you probably could have gotten him for probably uh, much less than you gave up. Insane that 
Chicago retained no salary in the trade and got, yeah. you know, maybe an actual player back. Um, they protected Caleb Jones. Like, right. They obviously and, think a lot of him. And not a crappy draft pick. Like, no. If this is the last gift that Stan Bowman gives to the Chicago Blackhawks before he's fired, like, mm-hmm. you know, good for you. Sure. Um, but I, I understand it on some level. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, the Oilers organization, Ken Holland is worried about not having kind of a winning mentality. He's mm-hmm. worried about not having guys there who have quote unquote done it before. Uh, so like, there is actual, you know, upside to bringing in a Duncan Keith. Right. Who it, has won things as a star player. It's not that Duncan Keith going to Edmonton is bad. What's bad is they're paying him five and a half million dollars a year for a guy who's by all advanced metrics was awful last year. Yeah. He's like one or two percent wins above pre- replacement. Yeah. He's. He's not a good player anymore. No. And and the tape shows it too. Yeah, like the eye test shows it, the like all the analytics show it. Also, he the fell only- and put his head into a linesman's knee and gave himself a concussion, and that's what ended his season. And like which was maybe for the best for Chicago, I don't know. Ken Holland is um terrible at his job (laughs) he's he's absolutely terrible at his job the only thing i think that he's done that was okay in edmonton thus far was the tyson berry deal yeah we'll see we'll see how he fits in this team i mean duncan keith's game is kind of unique maybe he can be more relevant this year than he has been in years past but maybe by not playing 23 minutes a game yeah maybe a second pairing guy i mean that would maybe be a huge victory for them second pairing guy and a power play guy like that could be cool, but we'll see. The moral of the story is Ken Holland is stupid and bad at his job. <laughs> um, Speaking of head scratcher deals, uh, Zach Parise and Ryan Suter got bought out by the Minnesota Wild. Uh, two very expensive and long-term contracts that were handed out by the previous regime to hometown guys doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because it doesn't really save them much, if any, money. It saves them money this year, but then they're in the red for at least a couple million dollars Three delta years. for many years. And that's going to be, you know, into Kaprizov's prime. So that's going to hurt your ability to surround him with quality players when these guys were still serviceable. I mean, Parise, Parise, no. Parise was turning into a middle six kind of lower bottom six Parise guy, was but was healthy scratched the latter, most of the latter part of the season. Like, yeah, but then also when he played, he showed, some flashes i mean it it wasn't like he was a complete you know he wasn't a complete ghost they were healthy scratching him to try and you know jump start him back and uh, there's more tread left on Suter's tires for sure but Suter's gonna go somewhere for like a million dollars a year for like the next three years colorado and people are going to be irate with whatever team signs him. Florida bought out Keith Yandel, um, so too much be, applause by their fan base. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's kind of in the Duncan Keith mold. Like the game, he's he's not as good of a player as he used to be anymore. His contract was pretty burdensome. But last year, playing sheltered minutes, he put up like a wins above replacement of like seventy five percent. Yeah, but also he was a power play guy. And didn't have to, you know, have a bunch of zone starts. 
they sheltered him very effectively. There's some thought that he could slot into that role pretty seamlessly for a couple other teams, like maybe Boston, who really needs a defenseman like that. Yeah, Boston's going to snag probably one of Yandel or Brian Suter, I would mm-hmm. imagine, on a cheap deal. As long as we're kind of talking about defensemen, Shea Weber is probably not going to play this year due to many injuries. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> what would be super crazy is if he flat out retires because the cap recapture for him in Nashville is through the roof. Oh, really? So yeah. if he retired, how much would Nashville have to pay up? If Shea Weber retires, it's almost $8 million a year. Jesus Christ. For the rest of his contract. So they would, <laughs> they could lose for Nashville. Matt Duchesne or Ryan Johansson in the expansion draft. And still and then, not cover it. And still not cover <laughs> And if Shea Weber retires, they would beat out the same amount of salary. Uh, and guess what year that's through? What? 2025-26. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> Isn't it? That is kudos some... to the league for being like nah this shit is bullshit <laughs> nah well and like kudos to duncan keith for playing as much of a cap recapture contract as he has i mean you know he's got the back diving uh actual money versus his cap number which i think helps make him attractive to edmonton in in a way sticking with defensemen i guess mm-hmm. um the bruins re-signed brandon carlo to a very healthy career uh, contract i believe it's four, four million dollars like yeah good value for him unfortunately you know he's had a couple head injuries this year so hopefully he can come back he's gonna have fully to stay healthy, healthy. But yeah it's a uh, six years he's not a player th- one million he's not a player that generally has health issues he was the victim of a couple of head hunts uh yes. one by tom wilson and i forget who hit him poorly the other guy to put him out of the playoffs what kind of complicates things for the bruins is kind of out of the nowhere kevin miller retired at 33 he still had some tread left on his tires or at least they were expecting him to and he decided he did not the bruins have kind of massively mismanaged their blue line situation over the years letting chara walk and then you know losing kevin miller and brandon carlo has been not fully healthy when they've needed him most so that adds to why we think that Suter or Yandel or any of the other defensive players that are out dangled could end up there and be useful. Also in defenseman news, Colorado, fearing that they were going to lose him for nothing, shipped Ryan Graves to the New Jersey Devils for Mikhail Maltsev and a second round pick. Uh, in this year's draft it's a win-win yeah for sure i mean ryan graves is great i really enjoy watching his game he was also sort of like their worst defenseman in the playoffs he was still good Mm -hmm. like the thing about colorado is they had a bunch of guys who were the same defensemen Mm -hmm. like um to varying degrees of success you know they had devon taves cal mccarr uh, samuel gerrard Ryan Graves, like they just had a lot of guys who were similar players. I really like Ryan Graves. I think it's a great pickup for the Devils. Oh, yeah. But like, I I don't think they've got Bowen Byram just coming up. Like, Colorado's fine. Yeah. Graves almost makes more sense as a Devil than he does as an Avalanche player. And the Avalanche, you know, Joe Sackick was very smart to flip a player that was probably going to get taken in the expansion draft for real estate. So, you know, that smart play. Now they have a second round pick this year, so that's mm-hmm. good for them. Um, they didn't before. They get the Islanders second round pick from this year, not the Devils, which is okay. Yeah. probably not surprising just because 
the devil's pick is going to be really good. Yeah. So the lower of the two picks. Yes. Also in defenseman, you mentioned this earlier. Nick Letty was shipped from the Island Islanders to the Detroit Red Wings for Richard Ponick uh, and a second round pick uh, with the, salary retained. The wings also retained 50% of Richard Ponick's salary, which is like one and a half million. It's not like yeah. 1.25 million. Something Chump like change, especially when you've got, 48 million in cap space so (laughs) i'm confused by this Mm -hmm. trade it makes sense on a lot of levels because you know nick letty is coming in so is mort cider you want somebody to kind of shelter and also like take Mort cider and philip you know under their wing so it's cool to have a still very solid nhl defenseman who's been there who's done that he's won a cup he's he's played in the last two conference finals Mm -hmm. it's it's a good move it's a good hockey move in that sense um we also are very short on left-sided defensemen yeah i was gonna say the the handedness in this yeah plays in more than it usually does and one wonders if maybe you know he's a another flip for stevie y that's that's the thing the losing a giving up a second round draft pick for a guy that a team want or kind of needed to get rid of or was going to possibly lose anyways. That's the part that doesn't make sense. And like a second round pick when you are a rebuilding team is a substantial piece to give up. They also have a ton of them. Yeah, true. But like still, like you could have packaged two of those tr- picks to move up and grab somebody like whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it, it reduces your flexibility in this draft. And especially for a guy who's 30 and is on the last year of his deal. Mm-hmm. So the the way that this mostly makes sense to me, this is how I'm making sense of it and not being kind of like not dumbfounded, but somewhere around mm-hmm. there by this trade is the Red Wings trade him for a first round pick. You know, he has a great year. He plays a ton of minutes in all situations has a great year and they trade him for a first rounder next year. You know, even if they get a second round pick back for him next year, you got a year out of Nick Letty who could, who, as I said earlier, can absolutely mentor your young guys. And we have a ton of young guys in the back line. Dallas has exposed Ben Bishop who will waive his no move clause for the expansion draft. He has not been healthy and one wonders if he will ever be healthy. So kind of guessing that, you know, he's just one of these goalies that are getting kind of left out like flags in the breeze uh, because they're tattered enough that nobody wants their services. Also in goalie news, the Sharks sent a second round pick to the Coyotes for Aiden Hill. Why? Yes. Like, did, did the Sharks want to be bad? The Sharks are the dumbest team in the NHL right now, right? They they might be. It makes me so they, happy. Like, it's hard to argue that Edmonton is better than them, but the, they the might Ken be. The Ken Holland factor looms large. But they there. might be. I mean, all those just ancient, ancient men on incredibly expensive contracts. Like, uh, let's kind of the rest of these are kind of rapid fire type things. So mm-hmm. let's just kind of breeze through them because we got a lot of shit to talk about. Andrew Ladd heading to Arizona from the Islanders for a 2021 second round pick, 2022 second round pick and 2023 third round pick just to take his contract. So, uh, 
Andrew Ladd, who has been playing in the AHL for many years. And loving it. <laughs> uh, unfortunately for him, he's going to be expected to probably play some NHL minutes again this year. Maybe. Um, his $5 million cap hit is insane for a player that doesn't play in the NHL. Um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, the best part was like, there's a contingency in that contract where third round pick is transferred if Andrew Ladd plays one game <laughs> in the 2022-2023 season. So if he plays one game for Arizona next year, they get a third round pick. So basically, you have signed this man's uh, All NHL have- death warrant. Like He will play in the NHL this year and then never again. All he has to do is play like the first game of the year. They call him up and they're like, gotcha, third round pick suck it islanders and then he goes back to the miners and lives it up again um what else have we not oh uh nolan patrick and philippe myers were sent from the flyers to nashville for ryan ellis and then nashville then flipped forever nashville legend nolan patrick (laughs) to vegas for cody glass this is a big trade and maybe the biggest one of the day in that all of these are real hockey players and you know cody glass has a lot of potential nolan Packard, patrick has a lot of potential they just haven't been living up to it uh and ryan ellis is probably like a top top 15 defenseman in the league i was gonna say top 10 probably like, this is a win-win-win for everybody and a quadruple win if you count all of the jokes made on social media by nashville about predators legend nolan patrick they, I saw Nashville uh, actually had jokes. That's oh, new. yeah. They they had some good jokes. I saw one. It was like they photoshopped his head onto some, you know, like Callie Yarncroc's body or something and then wrote like, thank you in like Microsoft paint perfect. scripts. <laughs> like, it, yeah, it was perfect. They, that, that was a good one. It, it's new that Nashville has a sense of humor about things. So that's good. I'm most thrilled actually, actually, actually for actually for Cody glass to kind of get a fresh start. Same here. Uh, he's a winter Hawk. Uh, we've, I, I definitely saw him a number of times when he played out here. Yeah. It was like the, he was the guy that we would go see and be like, this guy's going to be good. That fucking guy. Yeah. He just, right he there. absolutely stood out on the ice. Yeah, so heading to Nashville, hopefully they can give him some minutes and give him a fresh start and he can make an impact because he's, he's a very skilled hockey player and hopefully he can show it in Nashville where he wasn't able to in, in Vegas. Yeah. And you never knew why he wasn't really playing in Vegas. Like maybe he'd like, I don't know, kicks and kicked an assistant coach's dog or something. It wasn't like, because of center depth. All right. Two more. And then we're going to, we're going to, Head into more. This is all a build up to our expansion draft kind of brouhaha. Barkley Goodrow's negotiation rights were transferred to the New York Rangers for a seventh round pick. Okay. I think that's a Barkley Goodrow is a hell of a player. Mm-hmm. You could make the argument that him and Blake Coleman moving to Tampa were the two most important moves they've made in the last like three years. Oh, absolutely. And so I. I'm excited for him to be one to be in New York. That's cool. Like being the big apple man, um, play for the <laughs> Rangers. Um, but also he'll, he'll hopefully have like a very fairly sizable contract, uh, you know, somewhere in like the three to 4 million range. And, and he's kind of a player, a, a player that they kind of need, you know, the physical yes. guy since the Rangers were single handedly beaten up by just Tom Wilson last year. <laughs> I think it's, uh, 
it's good for them to have somebody with some grit. Like Barkley Goodrow's not a quote unquote fighter, but he's no. got grit. He's got sandpaper, but he's also a skilled guy. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, put him on your put him on your second line to protect whomever, or put him on your third line and let him flourish. Like it's a good sign or a good trade. And then finally, the Vancouver Canucks traded a third round pick to Dallas for the negotiation rights with Jason Dickinson, who is one was. One of the, for a long time, one of the top prospects in the Dallas organization. He mm-hmm. played quite a bit this year, did very well. He's not, he's got limited offensive upside, but he's a very good defensive center, um, kind of like a cheaper Philip Deneau sort of thing. Okay. So, um, and probably not as good at it as Philip Deneau, but still. So, this is a good move for Vancouver because, well, everyone is expecting their GM to do very dumb things. He kind of stood pat and allowed other GMs to pass jim benning on the like stupid gm power ranking list i don't know if any of the moves that were made by bad gms were gms that were above jim benning on the bad gm list that slipped below him now like that would be a a interest we should ken holland and like ron wilson like they were already way down there (laughs) maybe giving up a third was a bit of a lot for a guy who you're just getting the negotiation rights for and you also just exposed in the expansion draft that's a little crazy i would think like a fifth maybe he's he's a player with upside fourth at the most again i am just making shit up because i'm not a gm (laughs) i think that's a that's a hefty price to pay for a guy who you might not be able to sign all right so uh this morning the expansion draft list the protected list came out at like 8 a.m eastern time so by the time i woke up twitter was already a flurry we're gonna use capfriendly.com's seattle expansion draft tool which if you've never been to capfriendly.com it's one of my favorite websites in the world because i get to see how stupid the sharks are <laughs> in like numbers and like and on my screen as opposed to just talking about it if you want to see how stupid your team is go to capfriendly.com and check out their all of their metrics if you're just kind of nerdy about cap space and mm-hmm. things like that, like I am, I don't do numbers at all, but I do cap space. So it's fun. I um, think it's funny that it does kind of exist for one of the, one of the best reasons it exists is like sort of schadenfreude, like for empirical evidence of stupidity. Yeah, it's great. Uh, it, it makes me happy whenever I look at the Red Wings page and I realize that they have only like one contract on the team for two years from now <laughs> like where's the rest of the team it's a complete reset Iserman is a fucking genius anyways <laughs> um so we're gonna dive in using cap friendly's expansion draft tool it's again www.capfriendly.com uh check it out if you are in any way interested in this sort of thing so evan and i both selected a team from using that cap friendly tool and uh evan I think you made kind of the more reasonable decisions. My financials in the back end don't quite make a whole lot of sense, but I also took some of the, you know, expensive star players and, and uh, probably took budget players that are a little bit too expensive for me. Um, You know, I'm to a point where I probably have to go back and revise it if I was actually the GM, but thankfully I'm not. My team is, as much chaos as I could possibly choose. I think what we're going to do is just kind of go through our teams Mm -hmm. and 
just make fun of them effectively <laughs> just to get this out of the way at the beginning the projected cap hit for 2021 for my team is 56 million dollars okay with 25 in cap space but i also have 10 rfas that are 10 free agents to resign with that 25 million dollars this year gotcha so my projected cap it is 70 million dollars and then i have 11 million left to so left to negotiate we both probably contracts. have we both probably have a little bit of work to do mm-hmm. in this um but guess what we're not real gms <laughs> we just play one on tv starting off first anaheim would be the first team up uh who did you take I went with Hayden Flurry, young defenseman. You know, he's got term. He's pretty good. That that's I think a pretty obvious choice. It's so obvious that I made the same choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's got a good pedigree. Came over from Carolina in a trade last year. They were kind of stupid not to protect him, in my opinion. They also had Shattenkirk available, yeah, which was kind of surprising. Interesting, uh, but his cap hit is like three times Hayden Flurry's and. He's seven years older, so you know that. Yeah, I mean, I could honestly see Shattenkirk being the guy that you know becomes like a veteran, that early veteran presence in uh, Seattle. But yeah, for just the sake of both making the numbers work and building a team, uh, I went with Hayden Fleury as well. Yeah, and I could see Adam Henrique going in this slot too. Uh, Another veteran presence, you know pretty solid goal scorer in his own right but we'll see yeah arizona i went with michael bunting the good michael bunting yes my my team chaos wants to bring some kind of snarl and michael bunting is is a player that produced relatively well on a very limited stage last year and he's only 25 so he might have some upside to explore I took Antti Ranta, good goalie. That's kind of it. When he can be healthy, yeah. Right. And his cap hit at 425 is reasonable for a good goalie. Well, that's what he was. Well, that's what he cost last year. He could probably, I'm guessing, cost less than that and a new contract mm-hmm. because he has barely played the last two years. He's been hurt so much. So you could probably get him down to like the two and a half, three mil range, I would think. This is very true. For Boston. I took Chris Wagner. He's older, uh, but he's got some of that sandpaper to him. I'm I'm going for mass chaos and mm-hmm. a team that's hard to play against. <laughs> I took Nick Ritchie for the exact same reasons. And yeah. uh, it's kind of funny that you look up and down Boston Bruins roster and it's like, oh, yeah, you're 100 grit sandpaper. You're 80 grit sandpaper. You're 60 grit sandpaper. And then you have Taylor Hall at 120 grit finishing <laughs> sandpaper. He might be like. 600 grit it's a sheet of paper (laughs) yeah you just rub it on your face until you get a paper cut yeah he's uh he's actually an exfoliator (laughs) from the sabers i chose tobias reader okay uh buffalo didn't have a lot to choose from shocking yeah uh i took colin miller but i also probably if i were to retool um I might go back for Drake Kajula. I think he's an underrated guy and makes under a million dollars a year. Calgary. I chose uh, Oliver Killington. Okay. Young defenseman hasn't been given like really enough of a chance in Calgary was a first round pick. Hasn't also hasn't taken the ball and run with it. Mm. Yeah, Whatever Mm -hmm. you want to, whatever metaphor you want to use for somebody who's (laughs) underperformed. Uh, but maybe a change of scenery, chipping him down to Seattle. He's an RFA, so they'd have to resign him. But I think it's a it's a good pick. If Bill O'Reilly wrote 
a book about Oliver Killington. It would be called Killing Killington. God, fucking Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> my uh, my ex's super conservative parents gave me the Killing Patton book, mm. and I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm gonna read this because I yeah I'm a World War II guy. Like Patton is like all World War II. Uh, when I was in Switzerland, I peed in the Rhine and oh. then texted my brother and was like, hey, what do me and General George Patton have in common? And my brother was like, fucking nothing. I was like, <laughs> actually, we both peed in the Rhine. <laughs> and my brother was like, nice. So um, I took Milan Lucic. Just kidding. I took Mark Giordano. That's a really safe play. Like Giordano is is still a very solid defenseman. Mm-hmm. He'd be a great veteran presence in the locker room. He's a captain in Calgary. He could ostensibly be the captain in seattle from the carolina hurricanes i took jake bean i did too you took jake bean everybody should take jake bean yeah jake bean's going to seattle congratulations you are the most probably the most obvious pick of all as much as i wanted to take yanni hockenpah because uh i love you him love yanni <laughs> and i get it i he he we were just talking about uh before we came back on the air on the air what the fuck uh, <laughs> uh before we while we were bre- on break about like guys like nikita zadorov who just mm-hmm. hit everybody but don't do anything else particularly well yanni um, hockenpah had a, a playoff he yeah. was he was pretty good yeah uh but he's definitely one of those guys who just hits a lot of people and you're just like oh okay fun for chicago i took malcolm suban i did as well uh he's a pretty good cheap depth goaltender but there's a lot on the Blackhawks to maybe like or to take. Colorado Avala- Avalanche. <laughs> the Colorado, <laughs> Colorado Avocados, <laughs> which really should be their mascot, let's be honest. Yeah, the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, <laughs> this is a definite head scratcher, just who to take from this crew. I mean, you can get any of their star players because they have so goddamn damn many star players. Like, I took Eunice Donskoy, you took Eunice Donskoy. Yeah, it makes the most sense. He's young-ish at 29 and that he's got you know a couple of years of, you know, in his prime still. He's got 2 years left on a reasonable contract. From the players that I chose, he's actually the second most expensive forward that I have on my team. Well, and also, it's interesting looking at this list like how do you not take Gabriel Landeskog if you have the cap space? And like if you're willing to make the cap space for a true star player like why not? He's, He's 28 year old making five and a half million. Well, Landis was asking for 10 million. You in, fucking kidding me? Okay. Next. That's why <laughs> Landis will probably not be picked unless the Kraken want to make a big splash, mm. in which case more power to him. Columbus Blue Jackets. Fuck. Why? <laughs> Can I just take two people from Colorado? Yeah. It, it, I don't understand. I don't know any of these players there's not a single person on this roster who i would be like that's my guy yeah i look at like michael delzato is the name i can remember off of this team i think we both chose the same and i mostly remember him because he used to like thirsty text porn stars you know who used to do that as well (laughs) rx president (laughs) uh but uh i chose kevin stenland because he's a guy he's cheap he's Mm -hmm. young he's an rfa after next season if he comes in and does magical happy things, you can re-sign him. You have the you have control over him. If not, you bad now. Hard to see them taking Max Domi. Uh, he's if they take Max Domi, I will question everything Ron Francis has ever done. That's like that. That would be a horrible decision. Agreed. Dallas Stars. 
I took big rig Jamie Oleksiak. Mm, uh, talk too. about big and hard to play against. He's a huge man, and uh, you know he can hit. He's he's young-ish. Got some, he's got some offensive upside. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a, a little bit. I took him as well. I I was creating a team that is hard to play against, and Oleksiak definitely makes them hard to play against. Imagine if you took like Oleksiak, Nikita Zadorov. And Yanni Hockenpah. And Yanni Hockenpah. And just... You just have a... You lead the league in hits by about 400. <laughs> yeah. That's, that was my fantasy hockey strategy this year. The Red Wings. Who did you pick? I took Troy Stetcher because he's <sighs> fun and exciting. I don't want him to leave. I legitimately didn't pick him because I just don't want him to leave. I know. I, I picked him because I like him and I, I like nice things. Yeah. I And yet you do a podcast with me. Um, <laughs> I took Vladislav Nemesnikov, one, because I didn't want to take Troy Stetcher. I want him to stay in Detroit, but also because I think that's a really solid solid pickup he's a very oh, yeah. versatile for versatile versatile forward who could play on good teams third line on a bad team second line like the red wings but he can play both wings and center i think it's a it's a smart pick and he's relatively cheap next year edmonton i took devin shore you could probably go with a lot of other of these guys tyler ennis dominic Cahoon are both interesting kyle turris is kind of interesting i went with slater cuckoo my man yeah you're cuckoo for cocoa puffs yeah Uh, i again i think he's a he's a reasonably talented guy who could um you know again fill in that kind of sandpapery back end player Mm -hmm. type role he's still got some room to grow and also he is a really awesome interview he's so good in the media also his sister is actually in the media i took a couple of people specifically because of their uh, their interview prowess and oh yeah he is one of them yes who else we'll, we'll get there okay uh, i i'm guessing you took him as well um the florida panthers i took notorious mob hitman frankie the frank vetrano ah okay i i believe i initially took him i took ryan lomberg again okay. Whenever you finish a game against my version of Seattle Kraken, you are going to have bruises (laughs) and uh, probably your ears will be ringing from getting chirped as well. And Lomberg brings that in spades. I'm surprised you didn't go with Radko Gudas off of this list. I fucking hate that guy. (laughs) Yeah, like I appreciate his game, but he's just such a dirty fucking player. I can't deal with it. I thought you wanted to be hard to play against. Uh, I want to be hard to play against, but I also don't want to hate my team. <laughs> From the LA Kings, I took Olimata. I uh, took Olimata as well. There's big ass defensemen who yeah, are going to punish you. He's yeah. 26. Yeah, he's young. His contract's not bad. Minnesota Wild. I took Carson Soucy. Me too. As a lot of people are thinking that. The Kraken will take him. Good young defenseman. Kind of weird that they protected Matt Dumba over him, but I don't know. The whole reason they got rid of Suter and Parise was so they could protect Dumba. And it's crazy that like... Not the whole reason. Two expansion drafts to protect Dumba, they have lost Eric Halla, Alex Tuck. Alex Tuck, and probably Carson Susie. That's a lot to pay for Dumba. He's good, but is he that good? I don't know. That's so many good that's young players that's to lose. two different regimes, too. Yeah, that's a little crazy. Uh-huh, Montreal. Would you take Jonathan Drouin or Philippe Dano? Neither. Max Chaos. 
Carrie Price. Fuck yeah. We're taking Carrie Price. We are spending all that money. I love it. I have $65.1 million in cap hit for like contracts from last year. And a third of that is goalies. And a half million is Carrie Price. I love it. I mean, you know, they would be stupid to take him, but also it would be so awesome. It would be the greatest. It would be flurry going West 2.0. Yeah. Right? I, but like, cheaper somehow it's like flurry is on the like very high end of what i would actually pay a goaltender at mm-hmm. like seven and a half carry prices way over that they should never ever do this never <laughs> but just think of the hysteria no i know like, you know it would be cool to see his voice in seattle uh because he's an indigenous guy and i think the kind of you know seattle has a lot of in Native American population, uh, a lot of Native American imagery going around in hockey circles and stuff. Like it would be cool to have, you know, someone like that around. Well, they also have like the Seahawks who, I mean, their logo is Mm -hmm. very indigenous inspired. The Seattle Thunderbirds. And Vancouver. Yeah. So I think it, I mean, I'm just a fan of, of chaos. Yeah. Like I am Heath Ledger's Joker. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, in this exercise but yeah i yes carrie price who'd you pick i pick brent kulak 27 year old d makes under two million has term that's in- a sensible choice yeah i mean interesting on the list is is deno but he's due a huge new deal next is the nashville predators smashville nashville is an interesting they didn't protect a lot of people no yeah they've exposed two Eight million dollar a year centers in Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson, neither of whom Seattle should pick. <laughs> I, you know, they would be not like completely fucking up if they did if they took one of them. But it, how do you choose between the two other than age? Matt Duchesne's thirty, Ryan Johansson's twenty eight. They've both been bad for two years now, though. Yeah, right. Ryan Johansson has arguably been better more recently, and also, you know, if you're going to go with them, one of them, like, why not? Michael Granlin or Colton Sissons or Callie Yarncrock, who provide a lot of that same value at a fraction of the cost. I went with Eric Hall. I just think he's really good. I went with Matthew Benning, okay. a cheap ass defenseman who's young enough and decent. And one mil a year and has term. Yeah. Lovely. Now we get into the New York metro area teams. Yeah. Uh, New Jersey was a weird one. I don't know who to pick off of this. I also don't know who half of these guys are. I picked Andreas Janssen because while I am building a team full of sandpaper and grit who you don't want to play off, you need a little bit of skill. He's good. And so I, along with Jonas Donskoy and Andreas, I think Andreas Janssen and Namasnikov, you know, you've got some guys who have a decent amount of skill and, you know, and we'll get to more of that skill later who I've another player that I think we both picked, but I, I think you do have to have, some skill like mm-hmm. you can't just have only guys who will ruin your night so i picked jansen i went with will butcher a young defenseman my... who has kind of underperformed to this point in his career but has all of the upside you know he's only 26 he has a fat cap hit though like yeah three seven for him he was my backup choice from new jersey i think i really like will butcher i think he mm-hmm. had a 
couple of nice stretches this past year. And if given the opportunity, I think he'll be a very solid NHL player. He just sort of has like more growing to do, I think, to be a good NHL defenseman. He's like a little too small. Uh, He's he's just a little too wiry, but he's a former Hobie Baker winner. He might be the guy who gets turns into the player. He's supposed to be at 28 and you're like, Oh, Will butcher. All right. He's like 17th in the Norris voting. Cool. Right. Yeah. If anything, we're learning recently. It's like, you got to wait on your defensive prospects to really flower. So the Islanders is another chaos pick for me. Who'd you take? I took Jordan Eberle. I think, you know, if you're going to get some, high-end forward uh, a five or 5.5 million dollar cap hit makes a whole lot more sense than say going with duchene or johansson at eight you could make a whole lot of argument for any of their kind of higher end exposed forwards i took joshua hosang okay because awesome you know he's an incredibly skilled guy who isn't being given a chance in the nhl there are a lot of there's a lot of chatter about that being because he is not white. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of chatter about that being that he has a shitty attitude. And he like was late for a meeting and then got his chance one year just evaporated. I love it. I, I think wanna, that's great. I want to give the guy a chance. I think Seattle, like what better place to get a new chance than a team who has no history whatsoever. Uh, I would love to see Josh Hosang get a chance in the NHL and, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I I don't foresee it happening, but, you know, whatever. New York Rangers. I took D'Angelo Anthony. Just kidding. Uh, I it's, took Col- it's, it's almost not funny. <laughs> I took uh, Colin Blackwell. He's just a good young center and I uh, had a couple good stretches this year. You know, I think he was almost fantasy relevant for a hot minute. Team Chaos chose Barkley Goodrow. Love it. Because they traded for him and didn't protect him. And so I'm going to snake him. (laughs) Also, I think Barkley Goodrow is a good player. And Mm -hmm. so I think this is a really good opportunity for him to get a decent contract and play in Seattle. What do you think he's actually worth? Because he's an unrestricted free agent. So Uh, they have to sign him. I'm going to say like low threes. Seems reasonable. Yeah. Uh, Ottawa, this was another weird one where there was a lot of young talent and a lot of people we have no clue who they are. Um, and also Matt Murray. That's a big no for me <laughs> there, Evan. <laughs> who did you take? I t- I think we both took Chris Tierney. Is this the second time he's been moved around an expansion draft? I'm not sure. I wasn't doing a podcast during the uh, last, <laughs> so I didn't pay as much ex- ex- uh, attention to it. But Chris Tierney, you know, he's a decent NHLer. Mm-hmm. His contract might be a little high, but, you know, we need centers on this team. Peer centers, there's a couple of others that, that I've drafted, theoretically drafted in this exercise that could play center, but Tierney is a peer center, and I think this team needs that. Completely agree. Philadelphia, I took Robert Hag because he is cheap AF. Okay. And he's young. I went uh, a little bit of a chaos pick and a little bit of change of scenery pick and Shane Gostisbehere here. Uh, you know, the kind of enigmatic, super talented offensive defenseman maybe could stand to have another change of scenery. The much maligned Shane Gostisbehere. God, he, I mean, didn't he win the caller? Or, I don't remember. And he was so good as a rookie and then has not matched that output at, at all. At all. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh, actually, 
made some interesting decisions mm-hmm. and I took Marcus Pedersen from okay. them because he's 25. Yeah. He's got a reasonable cap hit for four more years. Mm-hmm. He's a solid left-handed defenseman. I, I think or left side defense. That's an excellent pickup. If, if Seattle goes that route for 4.025 is a great cap hit for, for a player of that caliber. I want a little uh, chaos here in Brandon Tanev, basically yeah. because I love him and I, I love men that stare at ghosts. The and uh, the Tanevs are both amazing, and really I would really have chosen both of them. Could I have Brandon Tanev um, ended up as like a top twenty fantasy player this year? Yeah, he's incredible. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's a third liner, second liner, maybe. Uh, he's a he's a middle six guy for sure. Yeah, the Sharks who had to protect all the people you didn't want to draft anyways. <laughs> yeah. And I think who do we you cho- take from this uh, uninspired group of people. I think we both chose the most obvious Seattle player who Curtis Gabriel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As, as a more Seattle player. I mean, he's like the West coast in a hockey player. Yeah. But you know, Seattle is going to be infinitely more uh, forward thinking than San Jose. Mm-hmm. I love Curtis Gabriel. I love what he represents. I know that the, LGBTQ community can sometimes be torn on him because mm-hmm. he's a straight white guy playing hockey who's trying to make that correct impact, but sometimes missteps. Yeah, and he is still very much learning, and uh, that's and that's why I'm I would be thrilled to have him, and honestly, he would be one of the people that I would put as the face of my franchise. I think the fact that he can admit that he's still learning mm-hmm. and make those mistakes and just like we are, you know, and, mm-hmm. and he's almost 10 years younger than me and he's me. <laughs> so, but for somebody who's willing to put their name, their reputation, their career on the line for LGBTQ plus populations mm-hmm. and stick up for them and promote their voices, that's a guy I want on my team. And if he's available and I'm Seattle, I'm taking that guy for sure. St. Louis blues. Max chaos. Definitely went max chaos. Yeah. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, I think is, he's worth the dice roll. You know, he's such a talent and maybe is finally healed after his three shoulder surgeries. That's one of the reasons that he had a falling out with the blues is because they mismanaged his surgeries and he finally got a third surgery that likely fixed him, but it's a big, big gamble. I mean, you could definitely get the injured version of Tarasenko that can't return to his prior form. And, you know, that makes other people on this list interesting. Who'd you take off of Tampa? There's so many good players. I went with chaos here too. Ross Colton. All right. Yes. I love this man. <laughs> he is so much fun. Uh, so Ross Colton is an RFA after this year. Again, true center works his balls off on every shift. Yeah, could he be a future star? Has a, there's a good chance, but he's got some offensive upside. He's only 24. Yeah, he I think I think he is a a great option there. Okay. Yeah, Yanni I I love Yanni Gord. And that's I, who I picked. Yeah. I went just straight down the middle picked Yanni Gord because he was one of the best players on that team this year as yes. 29-year-old Absolutely. center. Yeah, the term and the dollars kind of It's a lot. He's 29 and he's signed for four more years at 5 million. Yanni Gord, like if if I took Colton out and put Yanni Gord on my roster, Yanni Gord is arguably the one C mm-hmm. on my team. Can he play one C? I don't think so. I think he's a two C at best. He's definitely he was 
I, I would say the best three C in the league last year. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably like a mid-level two C Seattle's going to ask a lot of him if they bring him in. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I think there's a, a, a good chance that he, um, like that, he, that he thrives in, in, in Seattle. Mm-hmm. He's that kind of player. He's an undrafted guy. So he's always kind of just, been a i'm going to prove it every shift guy and if you watch him play like he's flying like late into games and you're just like what who is this guy right i love yanni gord and i definitely thought about bringing him in but i ended up at the last minute going with ross colton because i think i i also i love ross colton yeah the other really kind of standout possibility pick here is the cal foot the defenseman mm-hmm. young 22 uh son of adam foot um, um, there's also Andre Palat, there's yeah. Alex Kalorn, Tyler Johnson, Tyler Johnson, Washington native. Max Chaos would be picking both Patrick Maroon and Corey Perry because it's like you're it's guaranteed like, to make the cup and you're guaranteed to win. Uh, so Toronto. Toronto <laughs> um, I took, again, going for Chaos, I took Jared McCann. Okay. Again, somebody who can play center. He's young. He's an RFA after next season. Only making just he's making just under three for this upcoming year. He could also be your one C based off of this roster. Is he a one C? No, but he could be on your on this team. I really like Jared McCann as a player, and he's a little bit flexible. He can play on the left side. He's played on the left side with um, Sidney Crosby from time to time, Um, but. I just like the idea of the fact that Toronto just traded for him and then didn't protect him. And then he's mine. <laughs> I take, I, you liked him. I take him. All your centers are belong to us. Vancouver. I took Highmore, Matthew Highmore, uh, yeah. former Blackhawk. He's a really big energy guy. Uh, as you were just talking about, he is the guy who is flying late in games. Uh, he, you can always, you know, you always see him taking away other players time and space, even if he's not, putting up a bunch of stats uh he's he's really fast checker so that's why i went with yeah i went with matthew highmore as well oh really yeah i i really like uh him as a as a bottom six guy well also he qualifies with term and also their top end players are dog shit yes <laughs> you want jay beagle at three million dollars a year no absolutely not sven berchi nope hey. louis erickson <laughs> nope like you could oh. trade Louis Erickson to me for like two first round picks. Washington Capitals. Speaking of good backups to maybe not backups. I took VTech Vanacek. So did I. He's maybe a future number one. Maybe only 25 making under a million dollars. Like he's awesome. in our, he's an arbitration eligible RFA guy okay. um, after this upcoming season. However, he's probably not going to command that much. And if I've already got Carey price, he's probably not going to play that much. So he might end up being like a two million guy for a couple of years, and then you, you like you give him some sort of bridge deal, and then once Carey Price's contract is off the books, if he pans out, you sign him. Who else is attractive off of this list? Like Garnet Hathaway? No. <laughs> it's interesting seeing who gets exposed sometimes because you know some of these GMs are like, you could take any one of these guys and we'd be fine. And then some GMs, you can clearly see who is exposed. It's take this one guy. And he has like a Vegas parquet of lights around him. Not even pretty please. It was just like, he's good. We can't keep him. Have him. Have fun. Finally, 
the Winnipeg Jets. They've made some very curious decisions. I took Logan Stanley. Oh, wait, he got protected. I took the much better player in Dylan DeMello. Yeah, that was so weird. It's like, so weird. <laughs> I don't understand He must be hated in Winnipeg or something. I don't know. Kevin Chevaldeoff, uh is, he's got a history of kind of weird mishaps. And uh, this, I think, is one of them. If they lose Dylan DeMello in this draft, that's... People saw this coming. That's though. a real people, people were like, he's going to do something dumb. Uh, I took Mason Appleton, a uh, young winger with some term. Like, oh, well. So, I mean, we're sitting here kind of like prognosticating based off of your team. What do you think is a possible scenario for them next well, year? Well, one last note of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Laurent Brossois would be an interesting goalie pick. Yeah. 1.5 at age 28 here's my stance on my team at least my Mm -hmm. my completely made up random uh chaos kraken team the pacific sucks (laughs) it's bad edmonton is going to be the well vegas and then edmonton are the only two good teams and that's kind of a stretch for edmonton Mm -hmm. so like i think it's wide open and you know, maybe Vancouver bounces back. Maybe Calgary bounces back. LA has been growing the last couple of years. The Ducks suck. The Kings, <laughs> the Sharks suck. There's Vegas, then a tier below Edmonton, and then nothing but weirdness and question marks. <laughs> and in that vacuum, I think my Seattle Kraken team could actually make the playoffs maybe fairly comfortably it's going to be really interesting to see i mean everyone was saying don't do what we did with vegas and then uh, instead of making side deals that gave vegas a bunch of great players instead there's just a really ton of great players exposed Mm -hmm. so uh yeah this has to be a bit of a fun shopping list for ron francis i'm just imagining him running around with a shopping cart putting little like bobbleheads of players in but yeah and so i obviously like you and i could have maybe gotten five right out of these like total uh we don't have the slightest idea what ron francis is going to do um but i have a feeling he's not going to take vladimir tarasenko i have a feeling he's not going to take carrie price as well but wouldn't it just be great regardless of what the Kraken do this year, so long as they have a relatively stable goaltending situation in that shitty division, I think they can make the playoffs. Yeah, there's enough goal scoring available in the expansion draft to propel them to the playoffs. It's a question to me, like what they do with the defense and what they do in goaltender. I think goaltender is really the hardest decision in this whole expansion draft. Like I ended up with, Anti Ranta, Vitek Vanacek, and Malcolm Subban. And you ended up with Carey Price. Vanacek, Carey Price, and, and Malcolm Subban. Yeah. Uh, so it's like you pick who you think is going to be your number one out of that and then get some good depth with potential. Mm-hmm. Was kind of the, the name of the game. Defense is like anybody's guess. Like I think if I'm looking at my top, Mark Giordano would be my top D and then who the fuck to pair with him is the next question is like, do I like, would Colin Miller be? Yeah, I guess my top pairing would be Colin Miller and Mark Giordano. I would have Marcus Pedersen on the left-hand side would be Marcus Pedersen, Jamie Alexiak and Jake Bean on the right-hand side. It gets a little dicier. Dylan DeMello, Hayden Fleury, Matthew Benning, Slater Cuckoo can play on the right. It's not a great defensive roster, but it's a, 
okay one. Yeah, I also kind of fucked up my handedness and that everyone is a lefty because I'm a lefty and I just picked myself over and over again. Poor form. <laughs> but I'm a lefty that plays like on the right. So these aren't actually handedness. It's like where they play. I, again, I think it's a potential playoff team and, you know, we'll we'll see what happens uh, in the coming coming days. Literally days. We will get this out just before the expansion draft. I'm so excited. So the other bit of business that is coming up here before free agency hits is the actual entry draft. And when we started thinking about how to cover the entry draft, I was like, oh, let's let's dive deep. Let's look at prospects. Let's. <laughs> and then I thought, that's not really who we are as a podcast. Yeah, there's also so many good people that do so much good in-depth research all year long into prospects. I mean, I go to Corey Pronmen, Scott Wheeler, Scott, Bob McKenzie, yeah. Elite Prospects. There's a ton of information out there, and you should probably either subscribe to or read or listen to and just enjoy their work. We're going to do this in a, we're going to call it a mock draft. and In that we're mocking it. We're going to make fun of the draft in general it's completely stupid for us to pretend like we know what we're talking about so we're not going to we have compiled lists from all those aforementioned places about whom you know are probably the top 10-ish picks in this draft Mm -hmm. we're gonna we're gonna make picks for a couple of teams here and but we're just gonna tell a bunch of bad jokes and (laughs) um we'll go from there uh speaking of the draft though Uh, somebody who shouldn't be drafted is Logan Mayo. Yeah, we're not experts on the draft, but uh, this we can say with pretty strong authority. I'm going to say 100% certainty. This guy shouldn't be drafted. And the sad fact is he probably will be. At some point, he's going to take a hit from where he was. He's projected as like a top 45 skater-ish. Yeah, a lot of people had him in the first round. Right, but he was convicted in Sweden for essentially revenge porn. There wasn't much of a revenge quality to it. He was trying to demonstrate his sexual exploits to his fellow team. And he distributed a picture of a young woman engaged in a consensual sexual act with him and then distributed her social media presence and like her official name and photo and stuff. So on his uh, team chat, I guess. Yeah. Or text thread? Yes. So the sexual act was consensual. However, the taking of the photo and the sharing of the photo was absolutely yeah. not consensual. Right. I'm, I'm not sure about the veracity of this uh, this rumor, but the rumor was that some of the guys on the team knew the girl mm-hmm. and told her about it. And Correct. she was like, hell no. Correct. Kudos to this young woman for being like no i'm not putting up with this shit and like going to the authorities with Mm -hmm. it that's you know a remarkable test of fortitude and character and strength and courage and for this young woman to go through with that uh, you know kudos to her what's a little ridiculous is the authorities in this case happen to be both his hockey coach and the police commissioner were the same person. And apparently the fines for this type of act in Sweden are relatively cut and dry. He actually pays the victim money, which is kind of novel. To his credit, you know, he has issued what seems to be a heartfelt apology. This does seem along the lines of 
stupid thing done by horny boys, but it's not cool and he needs to pay the consequences and, you know, in our opinion, not be drafted. I mean, it's an honor to be drafted and he should not receive it. I don't want to speak for Evan, but, you know, in my opinion, we he should definitely have to cool his heels somewhere for a couple of years. Like, should this ruin the rest of his life? And it probably won't. And it probably won't. But it should put his plans on pause so he can take some time to think about his actions, mm-hmm. learn from them, evolve as a person, and become a better man, a more respectful person, understand, like truly understand the position that he's put this woman in. Yeah. And, you know, like I, I was reading an article, you know, months ago about how uh, all these porn sites like try and do a really good job of scrubbing all of the like revenge porn and all oh, yeah? of the like uh, underage porn and like all mm. of these things from their sites, but how like, you know, it'll, you know, be like six months and then it'll be put like these videos will jump back on their website. Mm-hmm. So it's just like this continuous cycle of like mental trauma for these victims. Yeah. And they have to invent like automated, complicated digital things to identify these videos and trying to keep them off the site. Yeah. Yeah. It- and so this kid doing this could lead to a very traumatic existence for this young woman. And so there's a real severity to this act. It what you know, we as people can say and can honestly say, you know, this is a stupid, horny young boy. It's also a very humiliating and mm-hmm. possibly like life altering moment for this young woman. Yeah, for and sure. To her credit, she has, you know, come out and said numerous times like this was this this has changed my life. Mm-hmm. And he needs to understand that. And I I really appreciate her response to this situation and i hope to be able to appreciate the nhl's response to this situation which is to not draft this kid and let him like let him figure out his life like he's going to be able to play hockey somewhere that's going to happen like he'll he'll play somewhere he'll be fine and probably for his junior team the london knights because they have unfortunately kind of come out with a response that says not our problem because we're, we're he, gonna give him all of these resources and it's like or we're making sure he is checking in on all of his possible resources for this yeah they like got a psychologist to profile him to see if he's a predator and yeah surprise surprise horny nun kid is not a jeffrey dahmer but this is an incredibly shitty thing to do to a person and to his discredit uh he has used the victim's statements that she wants to sort of destroy his career to try and defend himself in this situation. He's tried to say, you know, oh, she's going above and beyond when no, she's really just going after what she's entitled to under the law. And, you know, he's he and the teams that he's played for, neither of which who have suspended him or taken any ice time away from him that we know of. The Swedish um, team did come out and say that they played him and kept him under contract in order for him to be able to be prosecuted in Sweden, which is really weird when your coach is the police. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, (laughs) it it is true. He could have fled. He could have gone back to Canada and you know, who knows what extradition or whatever would happen. No extradition would not have happened because I think he paid a fine of like $5,000, but they kept him around 
in an effort to make sure that that process happened. In so, preparation for going into the NHL, we have fined you five hundred thousand or $5,000 for doing something terrible. Like, I mean, it's interesting to me that porn sites do more to scrub bad behavior from them than these hockey teams do. Yeah. So that's not a great look for either the London Knights or him. And I think realistically, the pushback on this has just started. You know, this story has kind of just eked its way out. I think a lot of the draft Knicks had this on their radar, but now it's started to leak out into the press and someone will probably draft him at some point, but they're probably going to be under a fair amount of heat if they do it. Also, if they don't do it, because at some point he's going to be a uh, talented prospect that is more of a sure thing than anybody else on your draft board. So I don't know. It's going to be really interesting and and i'm kind of prepared to be disappointed to see where he gets drafted with that let's get into the the funny bits mm-hmm. here if we, we can't get one fucking episode under our belt without some sort of sexual assault case happening we did and then we called it boring i think yeah yeah uh, it, anyways so we're gonna just do a quick mock draft just making some jokes having some fun we're gonna do picks one through 12 one of which is the forfeited arizona pick that allows evan to choose a player for chicago Mm -hmm. and if you're lucky i'll do the 23rd pick for detroit just i think you should the second the second detroit first rounder why don't you start off with buffalo so first overall buffalo sabers select owen powers hair but what about his eyebrows I think that, that counts. Count? Yeah, it's all follicles. Okay. Uh, Owen, he, he is Owen definitely, Powers follicle prowess Yeah, number one. He has some of the best flow I have ever seen in an 18-year-old, and he's got eyebrows that your girlfriend will be jealous of. He's an amazing talent at six foot six. very good skater, played really high-level minutes for the University of Michigan, played really high minutes playing against men in uh, for Team Canada. So... You know, he's probably the closest to a sure thing in this draft and projects as a very talented defenseman, but he also projects as an absolute beauty with that flow. Also a sure thing, him getting a Pert Plus sponsorship. (laughs) Is Pert Plus still a thing? I don't know. I haven't bought shampoo at Walgreens in a while. That's fair. (laughs) Um, So I'll do number two. Uh, uh, The Seattle Kraken with the number two pick. I'm going to take William Eklund, All right. number two overall. One, I think he's probably the like third or fourth most talented guy in the draft, but he has a very definite projected position on left wing, whereas like Kent Johnson, hmm. who is probably the most skilled guy in the draft, we don't know if he's a winger or a center. Uh, so that projection for me is nice. The other thing about... Uh, about it is i just as a detroit fan i like swedes so let's bring as many of them to the nhl as possible anaheim what are their needs like i don't know you know eklund has one of the higher ceilings in the nhl draft this year anaheim's got some good young players in trevor zegras and uh jamie drysdale so i'm gonna go with a winger to them instead of a center because there are some really good centers I'm going to go with Dylan Genther, right wing from Edmonton in the WHL. The Oil Kings. Yeah, just good winger. And they have some center depth. Uh, They just need some scoring. And uh, I could also see a Luke Hughes go here, but he'll go later. I wanted the Oil King to go to the Kings. uh, (laughs) Just so you like, 
at one point he's a very select king. He is an oil king. However, if he's in LA, he is all of the kings, in which case he <laughs> assumes all the power. And uh, I think you get like an orb of light when you play for the kings that you just show whenever you need into a like very posh LA restaurant or club. <laughs> and they go, oh, the kings are here. Actually, you probably can't even get in the door. Anjay Kopitar, like, they're like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> are Were you a Anjay Backstreet Kopitar, Boy? <laughs> Anjay Kopitar just doesn't fit in the door. Either. Yeah, he like he's, they, too, he's too big for doors. They, they built uh, arched doors to allow Anjay <laughs> to make it in. <laughs> Anjay Kopitar has to retire to Italy because they have arched doors. <laughs> uh, so, yes. Number four is New Jersey. Now, the sexy pick is for Luke Hughes to go here to play with one of his two brothers. Hughes and Hughes? I'm not going to do that specifically because let's stretch the family out. I want okay. I want the Hughes parents to have to pay a boatload for plane tickets <laughs> to go watch their kids play. Um, I, by all re- uh, accounts, they're great people. So, like, I'm, I'm not trying to disparage them. But uh, I am going to go with... Simon Edvinson. Okay. The uh, left-handed defenseman um, from Sweden. I think that, you know, while Luke Hughes would look pretty in that those devil's colors lining up and getting face-offs from his brother and mm-hmm. setting up dimes for his for his compatriots there in New Jersey, nah. <laughs> We're going to send him as far away as possible. So Simon Edvinson goes at four. Columbus. What to do about Columbus? Uh, as, we, five. as we learned from their unprotected list, they suck. <laughs> I'm going to go with Matt Beneers here because... Damn you. <laughs> their centers suck and they need one. If Matt Beneers fell to five, Columbus would be... Like, Yarmo Kekalainen would be doing backflips. Like, that... Yeah, it, it, he's... Beneers, you know, I... I he, he played at my alma mater last year. He's one of those great 200 foot centers. He's probably mm-hmm. projects as a second, a two C. Okay. Uh, which our former compatriot Rob argues is the most critical position to fill in the NHL. Been years falling to five and falling into Columbus's lap would be just absolutely bonkers. I mean, he would be a probable, like maybe replacement for Max Domi eventually. I don't know. Cause they have center problems. <laughs> he would probably be better than Max Domi right out of the box for real but he has also said that he's highly leaning towards staying in college so as he should anyone that is drafted by columbus should stay the fuck away from columbus until you're like really good yeah i mean yeah owen power should also stay in school for a year and then you know maybe watching buffalo maybe he just decides that he's done with hockey and he's just gonna get a degree hockey's not for him he's gonna be an engineer yeah and in that case he's set up for a good career uh number six is in detroit so the easy pick here is Mm -hmm. mason mctavish Mm. he's a center which detroit needs desperately Uh he plays in peterborough which is where eiserman played in the ohl But, like, what is an Eisenman draft with taking the status quo? We have two drafts from him, and in one of them, he he took Lucas Raymond, Mm -hmm. who was, you know, the consensus fourth best player in the league or in the draft. Like, we needed help on the wing. It made sense. But then in the other one, he took Moritz Sider out of fucking nowhere. And, <laughs> and everyone was like, wait, huh? What? Yeah, and now what? he's one of the best prospects in the world. Yeah, Detroit is chomping at the bit to see what he does this year. He destroyed fools in Sweden last year. He was great at the Worlds this year as well for Germany. And it was a 
out of left field balls flapping in the breeze sort of pick. <laughs> so I'm going to go the same route. Oh, I'm and interested. I am going to go with Kent Johnson. Kent jo- I said this earlier. Kent Johnson is probably the most skilled player in this draft. Okay. I don't think he's a center. Most people, most uh, draft Knicks project him to the wing in the NHL because okay. he's more of a peripheral player. But that skill level is something that the wings do not have. Gotcha. And if he puts it all together, he could. He has one of the highest ceilings in this draft. And the wings need a ton of skill. So, and where is he playing, Jake? He plays for my alma mater, <laughs> the University of Michigan. This is basically the University of Michigan draft. It we is. could have Owen Power currently at Michigan. Benier is currently at Michigan. Kent Johnson at Michigan. Luke Hughes going to Michigan. Uh, Mackie Samusevich, who will probably go later in the first round, mm-hmm. also going to Michigan. If Beniers and there's no talk about Johnson going pro, but if Beniers and Owen Power come back next year, that team is going to be unreal talented. Yeah. And if they real. don't win a national title, it'll be actually just like a massive disappointment. So why McTavish or Kent Johnson over the other centers available at I don't think Kent Johnson's a center, and I know the okay. Red Wings need a center, but I just I we don't have, you know, maybe with Lucas Raymond we have one guy who has like elite elite skill on the team Mm -hmm. or in the prospect pool. I think Kent Johnson brings that as well. And so you need, we just need more of that elite skill and those guys who can, you know, do Datsuki and bullshit and just ruin (laughs) somebody's day. Love some good Datsuki and bullshit. Yeah. So that's, I'm going to go with Kent Johnson at six. At seven, San Jose is drafting a 35-year-old from your local (laughs) beer league roller hockey team who somehow has a contract that's worth $7 million a year. Yeah, uh, I don't even know if we need to draft anybody for for San Jose because he'll immediately be their third best player. Yeah, we should draft somebody for San Jose, though. I mean, they, they want a hockey player, don't they? Who do they want? Should give them Chaz. Yeah, I think Chaz is a Chaz is a solid Chaz pick. Lucius. Chaz Lucius. Uh, center, United States Development Program, USHL. My favorite name in the draft. He's, he's Gen Z's Lex Luthor. Is Chaz Lucius. You mean he's so he's a bad guy in Superman? Like mm-hmm. Superman finally kills Lex Luthor and into the void you hear Chaz. No, he's like reborn as a TikToker. Is it like and like would would the the gap left in the S- Superman lexicon then be called a chasm? <laughs> he'll do something with kryptonite and like hurt kryptonite. Superman, and then he'll dap on Superman. <laughs> kryptonite and cryptocurrency. <laughs> <laughs> I think his name is awesome. Right. Uh, it that's such a good hockey name, and I hope you know he can help turn around this tire fire that is san jose and their old men awful contracts number eight is la and that's that's where i'm gonna stick luke hughes we got vancouver la and new jersey have fun hughes family uh uh, granted vancouver and la will play each other quite a few times Mm -hmm. uh per season so maybe i should send him to dallas or something like that but i think luke hughes falling to la at eight would be a massive gift they need defensemen in their prospect pool which is very forward heavy and I, i i just think that is an excellent choice for them i think it fits awesomely you know la might surprise us all this year or next year 
Uh, they have a really great farm system and yeah, as you say, really could use a nice defensive prospect. Luke Hughes was really funny in the media where he like, he was like comparing himself to his brothers and he's like, I'm bigger and I can play penalty kill minutes. Yeah. <laughs> he's, it, it seems like the brothers have gotten more personable as we've gotten through. Like Quinn just looks like he's staring off into space most of the time. Dude, sad Quinn Hughes is a meme. Yes. Like it's so funny. Jack seems like relatively, I've listened to some interviews with him where I was like, Oh, Hey, he seems like a reasonable young man. Yeah. Good he's job. also been like super prepared. You know, I mean, he was kind of the, the quote unquote star of the family. Who do you pick to go to with Vancouver? That's you, buddy. Ooh, uh, going into the deep because I don't like know who any of these other people are. But um, <laughs> is Mason McTavish still on the board? He's still on the board. All right, I think I'm going to go with Mason McTavish. That's a good pick. Uh, yeah, really good. High motor center. Vancouver does need centers. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, that would be a good prospect for them because can't see both Tyler Mott and... And Besser sticking around much longer. We'll see if they even have enough money to resign Patterson. Yeah, Vancouver's not set themselves up very well moving into free agency. They're one of those teams with San Jose where I hope Seattle takes somebody with a super low cap hit off of them. Yeah. Just to keep the, just to stick it to their new conference rivals. And just make them. Don't make it easy on them. Yeah. Make them have to kind of yard sale in a year. Yeah. That would be fun. Oh, it's going to be a tire fire in those two cities or it already is. Ottawa. At number 10, I'm going to take Jesper Wallstedt, the goalie out of Sweden for Ottawa. They may have just signed their goalie of the current and the future in Matt Murray to a stupid ass contract, (laughs) but they need some help. So I'm going to give them Jesper Wallstedt. He has, for the most part, been considered the number one goalie prospect in this class. Uh, Sebastian Casa from Edmonton has kind of snuck up draft boards in the last three or four months. He had a mm-hmm. great season in the WHL. But Jesper has been playing against men in Sweden and put up some pretty shiny numbers. And so I think Ottawa could, you know, could use somebody like that. So pick number 11, forfeited. Because Arizona is a toxic place to work. Uh, So what happens is that this player is picked and then fired on a rocket into the sun. You know, this is where Logan Mayo is drafted. I mean, somebody's got to be Rocket Man. That title's already been taken, bro. (laughs) It's Richard Branson. (laughs) Can we just like spend two seconds on the fact that these people have more money than God and they're spending it to see who can get to space first instead of fixing the problems of our planet? Yeah, don't they know we have a space force? I mean, Jesus Christ shit <laughs> jeff bezos and richard branson and elon musk y'all can go fuck yourselves i'm over it right it's not like they're pioneering that much new technology that can help us the way that nasa did yeah in all of that kind of public development dollar money that became like debbie meyer's green bags and tang tang and ballpoint pens and most importantly astronaut ice cream they're not doing that they're not giving us astronaut ice cream that you can buy at but Richard, any museum. But Richard Branson floated. <laughs> oh. You know, he's the one that I have the least problem with because they've been planning to do that for a really long time. That might make it worse. I mean... Go fuck yourself, Richard Branson. It's dumb. I have a bigger problem with Elon and Jeff Bezos just being like, oh, yeah, we're rich. We can do that, too. Yeah. Whereas Richard Branson's like... I named my company Galactic because I plan to go to space in 1995. If Jeff Bezos were to come back as a 
slightly barbecued version of himself. <laughs> Can we just not let him back from space? Can I choose which part of him I get to eat? <laughs> I'll take that fried ass dome. Yeah, uh, that's, it's like a coconut. You gotta smash it open with it. <laughs> That got dark. All right. Who's Chicago taking, Evan? Chicago's taking the other goalie, Sebastian Casa. I think that's kind of how this is going to work, is Otto is going to take the first goalie, and Chicago's going to take the second goalie. And if one of these other teams picks a goalie before them, one or both of them are kind of fucked. Yeah, as you pointed out earlier, he's been playing against some really high-level competition in the WHL for Edmonton and you know projects as the only other goalie that is first round quality. All right. So now we're going to skip 11 picks, all of which are terrible. <laughs> yeah, they they won't pan out. They'll nope. be no just, chance. Just I feel bad for we're them. We're not skipping over any future Hall of Famers here. Yeah. We will never eat our words. And uh you know, it, these aren't even real people. I <laughs> I am going to go with I mean, this is obviously such a crapshoot because you never know anything. I should have left you Chaz Lucius. No, I'm going to go with Daniil Cheka from Guelph in the OHL. Is that Megan Cheka's brother? Uh, maybe. I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing no. He's a big defenseman. We need some some left-handed defensemen on the roster. He's you know still expected to be there somewhere in that 22 range or technically 23 range how big is he he's 6'3 he big he's a good skater and the red wings need some defensive prospects because i mean they've taken a lot of guys who are projections and Mm -hmm. who Mm -hmm. have a ton of potential upside but there's some work to uh to be done with them yeah and i sent veneers to columbus but detroit would love to have him Oh, he, there's no way he makes it to six. But if he did, yeah, that he would be the pick in a heartbeat for sure. And I mean, you think that Detroit wouldn't take Luke Hughes? No, I just I wanted Luke Hughes to go to L.A. so I could make jokes. <laughs> no, I took Ken Johnson at six, and I still think that's a good choice for mm-hmm. the Wings um, if he's available. But who knows? The game of this first round, at least for me, is like, where does Luke Hughes go? Where does Beneers go? Who picks a goalie first? And then where does that second goalie land? This episode is very long, and mm-hmm. so uh, in the interest of my ability to edit uh, edit it relatively quickly, we're going to sign off here. Mm-hmm. Um, before we go, you can find us anywhere on the internet. HandsomeHockey.com is our website. Handsome Hockey Podcast on Instagram, at Handsome Hockey on Twitter, or you can f- email us HandsomeHockeyPod at gmail.com. Finally, you can find us on our Handsome Hockey Facebook page where we post our episodes and and other stupid degenerate shit in terms of like difficulty level of the sign-off stuff you're definitely like the one c here you take on the the most difficult part with all the ats and the long words and stuff uh i just tell you where to find the podcast uh, we are on spotify apple podcasts google podcasts amazon podcasts OnlyFans, stitcher tune in overcast red circle and youtube Thank you, as always, for listening. If you are on one of the services that allows for ratings, please give us a five-star rating. I am once again asking you to rate my podcast. (laughs) If you can follow our podcast, uh, that would be excellent as well. Thanks, everybody, for all your time, and we really appreciate you. Stay handsome, everybody. Restez beau, tout le monde.